Hey, what's up everybody? Billy Ward here welcoming you to SHIFT, an online educational program consisting of seven master teachers. Within this first tier of our SHIFT program, we want to help you process this moment in time. And today we are gifted uh, with a light walker, um, a presence, a master teacher, Matthew Dwyer. Welcome, Matthew. Hey, Billy. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Um, before we uh, jump into what you've been up to the last couple of months, I uh, just want to briefly acknowledge um, all those suffering and, and certainly anyone who has been dealing with any loss of life. We want to express our condolences and uh, let you know that we are praying for you. Um, Matthew, with all that uh, in mind, um, what have you been up to? Uh, what has this uh, pandemic looked like uh, for you? Yeah. Um, man, it, it, you know, every day is different and it's, we've, I live with my partner and we've mostly been sheltering in place. You know, today is one of the first days I've left with a couple um, runs to the grocery store and I know I'm not supposed to, but a couple times to, to visit my father and, and see what he's been up to. Um, it's been incredibly slow, but also at the same time, incredibly fast. Mm. You know, you notice like some days just, you know, you're like, whoa, it's already time to start making dinner. So making food has been like a lot of fun. We've been cooking a lot. I've been cooking mostly. <laughs> uh, cooking a ton, practicing, you know, a lot or more than we would normally. And also connecting with a lot of people that I haven't connected with in a long time. Mm. You know, reaching out to family members, you know, because of things like Zoom and all these other platforms. Um, even old friends I went to high school with, you know, I'll meet up with them for an hour or two on the weekends and just support them and support them how they need to be supported. You mm -hmm. know, a lot of them, for the most part, don't have some kind of practice or sadhana, you know, so we just shoot the shit. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. As a teacher, um, what is, what is your outlook? Like, how are you looking at, at, at this moment in time? Like, what, what does all this mean for, for you? Oh, so, there are so many ways we can look at this. It seemed like, you know, if we want to, if we want to look at it in, in some ways, it's like we were going too fast. Everything was too fast. And this is a way that it can help us slow down and be more reflect reflective and contemplative in nature. But I also realize I'm saying that from a real place of privilege. You know, I have a home, I have enough food, I am healthy, and the people around me are mostly healthy. Most people don't have that. You know, I think that a lot of the world lives in poverty. I want to say I think, but people that, you know, it's the truth, it's the truth. We were very privileged here. So there are people that can't sit back and say, yeah, great, this is a time for me to reflect on my spiritual practice. No, mm -hmm. they're saying, how the hell am I going to survive today? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't say, that doesn't mean that if you are in this place of privilege that you should feel bad about having the time either. I think that's important. Like, I don't think that... I can sit here and be like, well, I'm not suffering as much as the other person underneath me is suffering. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I shouldn't do anything. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a foolish way to look at things. I think it's one thing. We do need to be compassionate, though. Definitely, definitely. So for those who, who do have some semblance of, of privilege and, and an opportunity maybe to, to reflect a little bit, what, what might that look like for you in terms of the, the slowing down and the pause that, that we're in? Yeah, I think a lot of people are uncomfortable at first, you know, because so many things are ending. You know, our, a lot of our jobs are ended. Uh, our daily routines have ended. We don't know what's going to happen with our money. You know, so essentially our money is ending. Um, people's lives are ending. And that's really scary because this, you know, we talk about death and like it's just different ways things die and everything that's alive will die. And when we slow down and we start to see all this around us, it can kind of either pull people out and just kind of in this sort of maddening way, or it can pull people in and we can, we can be reflective and we can contemplate our own death. We can, you know, contemplate things that weren't working for us that we can change. So there's, there's a real opportunity from what you're saying for, for contemplation and, and real honesty with ourselves as to maybe what's working and, and what's not working. Um, you also talk pretty openly about death and, and in knowing you, I know you do uh, some hospice work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't help but think that, that some of that work um, and, and some of those things that, that come out at, at that moment in time for somebody who is at the end of their lives, I'm wondering if there are any parallels between that and, and kind of what we're, we're facing now as a, as a collective world. Yeah. <laughs> I, I answer all my questions starting with, yeah, <laughs> it's tuning in. Well, what's going to come up? I, the people in hospice right now in nursing homes, my heart really goes out to them. People uh, that I volunteer with and myself, we were, we were kind of pulled back pretty early. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are dying by themselves and people are going into hospitals and their families can't follow them in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I've, I've gotten the, the chance to, to sit with people, you know, while they were dying and I've gotten, um, to sit with some people as, as they've died. And one of the things I can say is part of that practice for me is to, to see that person in, in front of me and to love them unconditionally, to see them as a soul. And to meet them where they're suffering and I think right now everyone in some way is suffering. And some people, like, again, not as the suffering isn't death for some people, but it's, you know, you look in your assets and all of a sudden the death of everything you've collected is diminishing. So we can, we can learn a lot about contemplating contemplating death 
And I, I even like to say the word death and dying and dead because we, as a collective, have a little bit of a resistance and allergen to that word, similar to how people have an allergen to the word God sometimes when they first start practicing either yoga or, or whatever. You know, if you had an upbringing of a God word that you didn't feel comfortable with, you just kind of push that word away. Mm -hmm. And I really think that we need to reclaim these powerful words like God and like death. Mm. Because it it's, you know, it's cliche to say when we were just talking, but no one gets out of here alive. So we're all going to die. Yeah. So do we go, do we go into our final moments with, you know, some clarity? Do we, do we go into the final moments like in utter pain and suffering with loose ends? I mean, there's so, there's so many questions. Is there something in those, those moments that, that you've shared so beautifully with, with others um, who are going through this process of death that, that you were like, I wish everyone could, could see this or witness this because the world would be a better place if everyone knew about this? Hmm. In my experience, everyone wants to be loved. And can I share a story? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was in India a couple years ago, I had the privilege of volunteering at Mother Teresa's Missionaries of Charity. And let me, I'll say, I didn't go there as a Catholic doing missionary work. I went there as a human doing human work, you know, and love work. <laughs> and it was some of the most beautiful experiences I ever had. And uh, hard, too, hard. And there was one moment where there was a, a man that I was caring for. And a lot of the times, like, you have to, you have to like, take ourselves out of our, our comfortable experience and throw ourselves, if anyone's ever been to India, in India, in one of the poorest places in India, with people that would, might otherwise just die on, on the side of the road. And so they have this place where um, the sisters who carry on Mother Trace's work um, care for them. And there's a lot of volunteers that kind of come in and out. So anyway, it's loud, it's, it's tiny. And one of the doctors once said, sit with this man. Sit with, we call, they he called him old man. You know, I don't even remember his name. It was probably a name I don't even think I ever got it. And I really, you know, I connected with this guy early on because he just was really sweet. He was very tiny, very frail, um, very old in his 90s. And he wasn't doing so, so well these past couple of days. And, you know, I was sitting there and I don't have any medical training. I mean, I was just sitting there as, you know, he had a fever and arthritis and, uh, you know, his body was crapping up and he would, he was really like skin and bones to begin with, but then his body would just kind of get all super tight. And, you know, I would ask to hold his hand and I would hold his hand or put my, my hand on his head. And, you know, I would say, I love you. You know, I love you, brother. 
Uh, you are seen, you are loved. Chances are he had no idea what I was saying. You know, because he doesn't, he doesn't speak English. But there's, there's a language, I think, that when our souls can connect, that I, I'm, you know, I do believe that there was soul talking to soul, even though it was coming out in English. And he wanted someone to be with him. He, he didn't want to die alone because he would hold my hand. And th this went on for a few days. He kept asking to see his, his family. And again, they get answers. Sometimes it's kind of hard. But eventually, this might have been the third day, the fourth day of him suffering. You know, he was, he was in pain. Um, I don't know what he was dying from. I, I think he was just old. You know, he was old. I, I believe he was just like dying of old age. And these two women finally came to see him. And they sat on the bed next to him and I sat with him and, and he was looking at them and you know and he had been asking to see these people I, and I, I, I still have no idea what the relationship was and I just said to them it's it's a real pleasure to to sit with your friend because you know, I didn't know what their relationship was and I said he, he's really loved here and we love him a lot and they just like, you know, they said, okay, thank you. And after a few minutes, he, he kind of just like got tired and he was like, I'm going to go, you know, he just kind of fell asleep. And after some time, these women got up and left. And then later on that day, he, he died. He died. And man, I just could see that he just wanted so bad to have someone love him one last time. And even though I was this, there of you know this foreigner there holding his hand and loving him he also wanted to get love from someone from his family mm. Mm. and you know it was such a gift to be able to to share these these moments with him and 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 sit with him while he suffered and sit with his family or his friends again i'm not really sure how what they were um to him but Everyone wants to be loved. Everyone wants to be loved. That's a powerful story, and um, I really appreciate you, you sharing that. Mm -hmm. um, do you take that, that idea, and do you carry that idea with you wherever you go in terms of how you look at, at the world? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of the biggest teachings I ever got. Is, you know, we talk about this, is to love everyone. And... It's everyone wants to be loved, but everyone also wants their love to be received. You know, it's like we like to, to do things. For many of us, we like to help. We like to, to like <clears throat> serve, right? And if, I, if that man or whoever I serve isn't there to accept my love, Right? Then it's just who am I, you know, who am I serving? So there, there's, there's a service in accepting love too, of mm. like letting someone love you. Mm. Right? That man let me love him. My love was received. And, and vice versa. And then there's this other, this other teaching that goes on top of that, 
because this is this practice of of loving people from the the place of the heart right that we also can't be attached to how our love is received because <clears throat> while that man was you know in a place where he let me sit there and hold his hand and you know we we had spent so much time the other man next to him might have been the and was a huge pain in the ass mm-hmm. you know and he was fussing and throwing shit you know and like asking for 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 extra food and and complaining that he wasn't getting enough attention and you know, it's like i have to go and love him just like i loved him mm-hmm. And he might just swear at me. He might, you know, kick and scream and, you know, and then I don't sit there and cross my arms and say, well, can't you see that I'm trying to love you? Mm-hmm. No, I, that's, not, that's not the game. That's not the game. The game is to love them and then not be attached to, to whether, whether or not it was met in, in a way where, like, it's gooey and feels good. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't always. You know, it, it could be received with, you know, ah, get out of here. Yeah. You go, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I love that um, you, you speak to my heart. One of my own personal mantras is we're, we're here on this earth just to simply love and be loved, to, mm-hmm. to love ourselves, each other, the world, and God. Um, it seems also from from what you've extrapolated from, from those experiences that in the end, it's really important to be loved and to love, but also this, this idea that relationships in the end are so significant, um, mm-hmm. self, others, and God, right? Even with the, the man that you talk about, he, he longed to, to see somebody in his family um, that he had related to historically. Um, and I'm wondering, how do, how do, if these things are so important at the end of life, mm-hmm. Should they also be important to us as, as we walk towards the end of life? Yeah, and we never know when the end is. How do we get people to awaken to this idea without them actually dying? Practice. You know, there's, you know, practices of, it's almost like of loosening, you know, of like being in our bodies knowing that these bodies are temporary, these bodies will one day fail. So not to be attached to this body and to really cultivate a relationship with the self, with a mm-hmm. capital S. Mm-hmm. Right, so then we can see the self in you and in you and, and the people that are pissing us off or the people that are loving us with open arms. So there's, and there's so many different ways that you know, I think that we can, that we can have that relationship, and it looks different for everyone. Mm-hmm. I think it would be unfair to say that there's only one way to do something, because if there was, we would all just do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. That would be awesome. If there's one way to 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 get the answer, then cool. Give me that Kool Aid. Give me, you know. But it's not. You know, there's many ways up to the peak of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And some of them are really twisty and, and complicated. And most of them, I, I think, are. You know, most of them are. But I think it is really important to have a deep personal, 
practice. Because what can happen, especially, in, I mean, especially now, like 2020 lockdown pandemic, you can go onto Instagram, you can go onto Facebook, and there is everyone as a teacher of yoga or a teacher of personal development or a teacher of you know, fill in the blank. And it's all good. There's all a lot of great stuff out there. But at a certain point, I, I believe that we need to we need to start digging instead of just like taste testing. And it's it's fine. Like I, I like to take I, I, I like flavors. I like to taste things too. And, and not be super rigid, you know, meaning if there are certain things that help our spiritual practice, we bring them in and we use them. And then if we don't have those things, then that's okay. We still can sit or we still can do whatever it is that your practice is. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't, at the end of the day, if we don't have those things, well, we still have ourself, mm -hmm. capital S. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so a lot of people have a physical practice, but one day, your body might not work, you know, and, and so on and so forth. Mm. And if we get attached to anything too much, then that will be, that will create a ton of suffering. You know, so if someone's practice is just a physical practice, yeah, great. It, it's great because the, the somatic experience is beautiful. And so many people, I think, are disconnected with their bodies. So when we get more into our body, but then we also realize that this body isn't ours, right? Like if I lost my hand, I would still be me. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to do handstands that great anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not that I can do handstands that great to begin with. But you know what, I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like at a certain point, um, so in my experience, the practice of bhakti yoga, I can always go back to the practice of bhakti yoga. You know, that practice of love, the practice of devotion. I can always practice loving everyone, right? right? Whether my fingers work, whether my hand works, whether I remember a certain prayer, whether I can get up and, you know, do some twirl or whatever it is, I can still always remember God, mm -hmm. you know, as long as the mind is still functioning. So the mind is actually a beautiful thing. You know, so often I think it's like I was saying previously, I think it's demonized. Yeah. You know, I can't stop my mind. Ah. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful though. You know, we can use it as a tool. I can't think of, uh, I could probably talk to you all day um, mm -hmm. and for a couple weeks, um, but I, I couldn't think of a, a better message or, or idea for, for us to talk about, but also for our audience to kind of take out. And it, it sounds simple, um, this idea of self-compassion and, and, and love everyone, but it's a, as you call it, it's a practice. Mm -hmm. And um, it's an imperfect perfection. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so we have this opportunity during this, this moment in time to create a little bit of a shift. And uh, if all of us could learn to, to look at life through the eyes of love, mm -hmm. um, I can't think of anything that would be more helpful in terms of creating um, a non-dual vision uh, of oneness. Because in the end, uh, as you've so eloquently shared, uh, we're all connected. Mm -hmm. um, and, and love is really the energy that is the thing that will connect us all. 
Um, I can't thank you enough for being here, Matthew. Um, thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being one of my teachers. Uh, and Pleasure. thank you for being a part uh, of this group. And thank you for being a teacher, too. And thank you for putting this together. Um, yeah, real, real honor. I have no idea how long we talk for. I can go on for, for, for days and days. So thanks for uh, curbing me. Yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, no, myself too. Um, but, uh, you know, originally I, I put this group together because uh, I selfishly wanted to be around people like you more often. And uh, I think the, the older I get, um, the more I want to be around people that are just pulling life out of me. And, and so you're certainly one of those people that uh, affirm me and love me, but also challenge me to continue to um, step into the best part of me. Um, and that's the beautiful, uh, the beautiful thing about this, this group of people and this group of people is in, in the spiritual teachings, um, they say that there's Sangha or satsang, and it's just an assembly of people, a gathering of people looking for the truth. And it seems like in this, this day and age, there's groups of people that are the, the whole, you know, in, in the world that I come from, is like this, you know, there's a teacher or a guru. And that sort of world is, is kind of moving down into the group of the, the satsang. Right? So the groups of people, like that's the next teacher, mm -hmm. are, are, are these collective people of um, teachers and then students holding their teachers accountable and those teachers having their teachers accountable and looking down at their students, looking down at their students. So it's just this, you know, like you say, the shift in evolution where our whole consciousness can, can evolve. Awesome, man. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being with us. Uh, till next time, much peace and love. Take care.